97X, the future of rock and roll with no new tale to tell from Love and Rockets. Sonic Youth in there as well, and some REM. Speaking of no new tales to tell, coming up in about 15 minutes here in The Breakfast Club, it's Rick Tile and the I-Team will be emerging from the news bubble with most likely the same news they had last hour. I just noticed the lawn darts are playing uh, outside. It's getting to be a really roughhouse game of lawn darts. So most likely they didn't update their stories. Uh, but we'll find out what's coming up here shortly. Uh, as a matter of fact, I believe outside is an active crime scene. But we have news coming up in about 15 minutes Dave, here on 97. That's the future of rock and roll. Dave, yeah. no, I, I want in on the jarts game. Although I, I think I need steel-toed boots for that one or else I might, might lose an appendage. Um, I'm sorry to tell you this, but 97X is no more. And, and we are just doing a podcast about our 97X days. Uh, it's called 97X Rumblings from the Big Bush. Perhaps you've listened to episodes on 97xbam.com. Perhaps you've emailed us at 97xwoxy at gmail.com. But Dave, no more jarts, no more station. The good news is we do have a world-famous former Breakfast Club student co-producer, Rhett, joining us right now. Rhett, hello and welcome. Well, hello and welcome, and thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm bleeding in my left foot because I think someone got mumbly peg and uh, lawn jarts mixed up. But uh, I, I'm okay. I'm gonna make it through. So. And we have a special guest coming out of the active crime scene. We have Rick Tile, another uh, Breakfast Club uh, co-host here as well too. That we both employed you for what five six months. Uh, that's right. And uh, yeah, it's not so great for me to be here, but I will tell you this, uh, that what you should note about those lawn jarts, Dave, those were gold-tipped lawn jarts. We had a rather large budget in the news, uh, down in the I-Team news bubble. Oh, I know. I would drive every day in my Dodge Dart, and you guys would be showing up all the time and say, a Mustang, a Nissan 300ZX. Uh, yeah, I'm a well aware of the budget you have. When, when we weren't limo-driven. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, Rhett, tell us, when were you an esteemed producer for Rick and I and The Breakfast Club? I think it was uh, 96. I think I started in the summer of 96 and went into 97. Um, hold, on, a, hold on, hold yeah, on. Yeah. The audio is really choppy. I'm getting. You know what? I think my bug came out because now I'm not hearing it through my headphones. Let me see. And it should be noted, this was one of our finest interns. <laughs> now, now I, I can't hear you, though, now, Rhett. Can we send Bank over there? Uh, Doug Walrod. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dave Walrod. Dave Walrod, that's it. You hear that? That's the sound of no one listening, Rhett. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're recording all this. <laughs> Now, now, were you recognized on campus as being part of the uh, Breakfast Club machine, we called it? Um, only in the sense that, you know, they threatened to not allow me to, to graduate, and I had to do a lot of community service. So, you know, other than that, yeah, you call that a celebration. But Rick's all about community service. I don't know how much he did as the anchor. I'm still working that off, Dave. <laughs> when I left the county, I had to, uh, they had to affix a, uh, well, a little bracelet around my ankle. 
and uh, I have to call in. What time is this over? I got to call in by five. So. Actually, actually, Dave, he tried to get credit, you know, for time served from the episodes of 97 Extra Edition that he did on Sunday mornings. He's like, doesn't that count? It almost worked. <laughs> Now, now, Rhett, how did you become a Breakfast Club intern? Were you what was your what was your major at the time at Miami? Uh, actually, I was I think history or political science. I was going to do mass communication, you know, yeah. but but once I started interning, I I saw the kind of you know unsavory characters that I would be working with, and everyone in my family advised me not to. But I do want to share one thing. So, um, you know, I I got really into alternative music. In, in the late 80s, like 89, and uh, 97X was was really the premium outlet for a, a kid in the Midwest to to just tune in and catch fantastic new tunes. And it was so exciting to be looking in Rolling Stone and, and seeing that it was always like the top modern rock radio station in the country. And it was just, it was an extremely special time. So when when I got to Miami, and, you know, I, I, that opportunity presented itself. I was there. I was on board and I was like a kid who was in Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. I mean, that's that's how magical and special it was. And you guys aren't paying me to say this like I, I really it was. So I wanted to share that. That was small to medium market. And uh, Rhett, one thing uh, you said, you just wanted to say one thing. If that's all you got, man, Dave and Damien are going to have the shortest <laughs> podcast ever. So, so I'm hoping you got more to talk about. I do. I do. Well, there's plenty. So, uh, My question, okay, so do you remember the rigorous uh, gauntlet of interview questions and physical <laughs> uh, testing you had to do to become a Breakfast Club intern? I, actually, I do. And you guys... You made fun of me pretty bad because I had I had worked for this rather shady guy who was trying to promote um, a rap artist in Dayton. And Rick gave me such a hard time that the label was called Smooth Sailing, I don't know, something. And the guy, he had a total scam. Um, I think it was SoundScan. They called it SoundScam. He would send tapes to all these record stores and he would pay me to go buy these to trigger and 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 that was what got me in that's how you guys gave me the job you're like well that's an incredible story it sounds a little shady but i think you'll fit right into to our 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 uh yeah well if you the remember the bar was so low at that point <laughs> um, we knew he fit right in with at least the i team but definitely with uh, the breakfast club yes yeah i got no mileage or anything i i think i had a bike which was pretty awful uh anyway <laughs> we're working on that mileage check you should have it uh, in a decade or two that's what you said 20 years ago. But... <laughs> you didn't say which decade. That's true. That's true. So, so what were your responsibilities? Because Rick and I were a focused machine, and we expected everyone to fall into line. So what were your uh, heavy-duty responsibilities as part of the Breakfast Club uh, uh, group? Well, you guys always had me clean this one sound room, but it was weird i've never seen a toilet and sink in a sound room but like i spent a lot of time in there and you know i i 
it was weird because the acoustics were not what I was used to. I mean, there was all kinds of decor and, and albums and whatnot, but I spent a lot of time in there uh, making coffee, photocopies. I, 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 I don't know. I, it's all a blur, but you said it was important work, and I just went with it. So. Do you use those skills today, keeping your home and apartment uh, in tip-top shape? I do. I do. Um, I, I learned about Tidy Bowl um, when I was at the Breakfast Club. And, yeah, so valuable skills. I've yes. applied them throughout life. Absolutely. Now, now, three of us have all been on the Breakfast Club together. Um, so, so tell us, you know, what's your thoughts of the Breakfast Club as a morning show compared to, say, the morning zoos that are out there? Um, it it was it was unique. It was um, it was live. It was cutting edge. You know, when I came on board, it's interesting. A lot of stuff was pre-recorded and all this other weird crap. But it's it's refreshing, and I actually miss this. I mean, this is something that's that's really lacking even today. Is just that that personal humor and just that having live people on the air talking so it was it was pretty cool it was it was special and so so i love that he worked uh, worked the phrase weird crap into the description well of the here's club. here's the here's the thing this is what i remember it's like rick would be at the copy machine like photocopying like weird news articles and strange things and like this was part of my job i'm like this is this is it like you know uh, news of the weird i don't know but you would find it and you would be sharing it and reporting it on air and i'm like aren't there more important like isn't there real stuff going on in the world but like you know now now did he make you dress like bat boy more than once <laughs> Don't what was the still, is, is, is the non-disclosure still in effect? I mean, I, do I have to answer that? or? Well, you, were, you were amazed that Rick Tile was copying news of the weird on the copying machine. It's a good thing you didn't come for Rick Tile at the copying machine after hours, because then that's the body parts, Rick Tile. <laughs> it was just that and a wah, -wah guitar. <laughs> we were reporting news that no one else was reporting. Let's just say that. And... You know, if, if it came from the Weekly World News or it, it came from sources that others would scoff at, well, look at the state of media today. I, right. I know. Trendsetting. You were absolutely trendsetting. I mean. So wow. far ahead of the curve. Yeah. Wow. That's all I can say. And yeah. I was privileged. I got to be a part of that. I mean, I did. <laughs> So, so what was an average day as a uh, for you as a breakfast club intern? I mean, do you kind of remember? I mean, did you, um, you get in early? You stay late? I did. <laughs> I remember, like, after the first hour, you guys would let me out of that second sound room once everything mm -hmm. was completely scrubbed. But, um, I, you know, um, there was that. The other thing, too, I remember um, the outside patio. And so mm -hmm. that was such a treat. And one thing that really jumps out at mind was um, when the bare naked ladies were there. They came to Oxford, they played, but I remember um, they were just jamming on the, the back patio and that the party was, patio. Yeah, that was something that really that that's one that's that stuck with me. So 
it was you know things like that that the we'd go uh, i think we went bowling or there'd be outdoor events and i'd get to crash and, and be a part of that so you know in studio but outside the studio and it was such a, a family and just going to going to shows and you know and being with everyone it was just like i said it was a special time it's radio and Rhett, i want to apologize i want to apologize for um us charging you admission to 97x event um it's a bit of an oversight but well we'll let bygones be bygones now or am i, I coming in check and i didn't even get I didn't even get paid. I, I I had to pay to work there. Something doesn't seem. Where's my union rep? So, you know. Now, were there any other interns there while you were there working there in the Breakfast Club as a co-producer? I I think there were, there were lots of interns, but I don't remember any of them. I mm -hmm. I don't know. I lackeys, interns. I mean, it just depends the titles, but you know, again. I spent a lot of time in that second studio, so I'm not really sure what was going on. And I was always kind of nervous around Doug. I, I, oh, there's the boss. There's the owner. I better, I better not get in trouble. So you know, it was always our policy never to let two interns speak to one another, um, ever, and compare yeah. notes. It was a good policy. I actually have a '97X bumper sticker, which I'm really proud. It's 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 in my possession. I hope you like that payment. That cost us a lot to get that to you. <laughs> I only got one too. That's the that's the crappy part. A, a year, and I got I got one bumper sticker. The other one's on my car somewhere. I, I don't. So so kind of tell us. Okay, so after you uh, uh, got done with the the Breakfast Club co-producing job, you graduated with a degree in what from Miami? Uh, it was actually history, but the the really short version. I did the AmeriCorps and worked for Habitat for Humanity. And mm -hmm. um, truly, it was probably penance that I actually was doing for, because I had interned at 97X. But I, <laughs> I became a nurse and a nurse practitioner. And uh, if you remember that show, Northern Exposure, about the doctor in Alaska, I did a, I did a gig kind of like that for a few years. And I've actually been working in, uh, in healthcare IT for the last 10 years or so. So... Um, again, penance. I had a lot of uh, a lot of work to do to offset that that one year I spent uh, at 97X as an intern, and uh, um, so yeah, healthcare. Were, were you ever on air? Were you ever on air for any? I, I I was. I so yes, I was. I was privileged, and let me share this. Someone was kind enough to let me work the midnight to 6 a.m. Saturday slot after i graduated so it was either friday or Sa i think it was saturday so they couldn't find anybody else and they said you know you've spent enough time in that that second that second control room that we think you're ready for the big guns so yeah i was uh and that was that was again it was a privilege so now, now did you work with many shifts or did you just work one and they fired you or how did that go <laughs> now, I mean, I mean, I got I got through the summer, so mm -hmm. I I graduated and uh, worked through the summer, and then at the end of the summer, I I went to Florida and did the AmeriCorps, and uh, so that was that. Those were my those were my days, but again, just a, a great time and a special time. So you said you work I in healthcare a, uh, now. Um, does like 
proctology exam immediately conjure images of Dave and Rictile? <laughs> Again, the non-disclosure. I I think we're I think we're safe with the non-disclosure, but yeah. I had to go back through my records when you guys said that Rhett Lebec was going to be on the show. I I used to call him Reed Lebeek. That's what I thought his name was. <laughs> I thought it was a fancy name, Reed Lebeek. And so uh, I thought, wow, that's funny. We had Reed Lebeek. Who was Rhett Lebeck? Uh, apparently, I was um, not even calling this poor intern uh, who was in the second studio all the time by the correct name. Uh, so, again, um, reparations at some point uh, in the next several decades might be made uh, for that flight. Uh, I always thought he was related to Bill LaBeouf. I thought there was some sort of like distant <laughs> cousin. <laughs> no, that's not true. I don't, no. I don't know. Uh, one other thing I want to bring up, because uh, I, I follow you on social media and a lot of people are behind you. Um, you're doing, if you want me to bring this up. Absolutely. Yeah. He is doing a unbelievable job of managing. He's had, Rhett's had some serious health issues, uh, but he's doing a very good job of managing it keeping us updated. Uh, we've had a couple other breakfast club interns have had some other issues in the past. So I kind of want you to talk about the strength of what you're going through right now, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in all seriousness, last summer, I was diagnosed with cancer and it was a huge shock. I, I had a lymph node that I found in my neck and it was very suspicious. Um, I, I spoke with my primary care provider and found out that I have the, had this rare form of cancer called alveolar rhabdomyosarcoma, which is a mouthful. And there's only about two or 300 cases per year and it predominantly affects children. But I, I got the crappy lottery ticket on that one. And so I had stage three cancer. Uh, last fall, I had a port placed in my chest and started chemo. I had four rounds of chemo and within getting the first round of chemo, my the area in my lymph nodes um, just kind of melted away, which was great. Uh, I had radiation last winter, and uh, I thought I was done. I, I rang the celebratory bell, like, hey, I'm done with my cancer treatment. But given this form of cancer, I was advised to continue with chemo. So I started that in, in April and uh, I have 10 rounds total, I've done four, I've got six more to go. But Dave, really to your point, I made up my mind very early on that A, I was gonna beat this, and uh, A, I was gonna beat it, and B, I just was gonna have an incredible positive attitude throughout. And so, um, in all seriousness, I, I love to surround myself um, with people like you, just positivity and laughter and that's kind of been my mantra. And so when I pop up on social media, I just remind people that, you know, if you face dark times or bad things happen, uh, we as individuals control our, our outlook and our destiny. And that's, that's just who I am. So I wasn't gonna stop laughing. Um, you know, I wasn't gonna be a Debbie Downer or whatever. I just, I just kind of continue to live as I live. And so, uh, and, and, kind of final thought on that with with uh, social media I just really try to promote that for other people I mean so thanks for letting me share I just want to let everybody know that um, we did use some money from the I team slush fund 
to purchase the naming rights for the adult version of that cancer. Unfortunately, <laughs> I called it the Reed Labique syndrome. Uh, sorry, sorry, Rhett, that I got the name wrong, but you, you get the idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, also, on ch fact checking, would being on the podcast be one of those positive things you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> just barely. I, I, I think so. I think oh, it's just, just above checking. the threshold. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I was just checking. Just so sure. yeah. Right. <laughs> Which means you guys can kind of can use this particular podcast as a very special public service. Um and maybe, you know, continue to be able to do the podcast for uh forever and ever. Oh, this may Absolutely. be our next special edition of 97 Extra Edition. <laughs> 97X, the more where's, you know. <laughs> where's the bagpiper? Bag <laughs> when you need him. Um, okay, so so Rick, you know, we've, we probably blew through, Damien, you were in the Breakfast Club, uh, blew through, what, probably hundreds of interns. So I'm trying to rank where <laughs> Rhett would have been in that group of about 150. Do you think he's in the top 50? Um, I think of the ones I can remember, sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, what I loved about Rhett when he was at the station, one, he took, he did take a lot of uh, ribbing and wrong name calling. Um, he accepted the Reed Labique uh, name with, with uh, as much graciousness as he possibly could. He's always been gracious. Um, and uh, he takes a joke pretty well, although sometimes it feels like we might wound him a little more than we knew. But um, he really was uh, a great guy to have around, real neat influence on the show. And a few years ago, uh, I actually got to meet up with Rhett in Boston, which was really special. He was, um, I think, living in Columbus and at the time was doing some work in Boston. I was down there for a game or a concert. And we were able to have lunch together or breakfast, and it was really nice. So, um, yeah, he's he's an ace guy, totally. He's one of the few that don't have a cease and desist from Rick. So he, that's he's right. Ahead, one of three or four, I can't remember. Yeah. So in other words, of, uh, Rick picked up the tab, right? Is that what well, you're saying, Well, I was going to say, you know what, Rick? Rick was supposed to Venmo me his half, and I was just thinking about it. I never, I I, I think I never got that money. So. Then. Venmo, what? Well, Rick invested in Venma, and he's been using that as his cash service. So, do you have the uh, app of Venma? V E N M A. Do you have that one? I, I don't think so. But he said he was going to send me some some ninety seven X crypto. But when I checked, it was in the negative. So I, I don't know. I'm going to have to pay more to to get reimbursed. So. Rhett, uh, thanks for sharing your story about your your yeah. uh, your battle against cancer and your positive attitude is an inspiration to all of us, and not just us, but anybody that happens to listen to the podcast. So in other words, 10 more people. Um, also, I'd like to thank Rick for coming in because it was a special uh, occasion for Rick to fly in for this. It's not too often that a guy flies in and does a Zoom meeting from the hotel room, but we think that's fantastic <laughs> that he would take the time and effort and money to do that. So Rick, Anything I appreciate I expense. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us, and uh, don't let these two clowns kick you around anymore. I, I won't. I won't. I'm actually going to start listening to the podcast you know, now that I'm going to be on. No, I, I I checked it out. It was cool. It was such a uh, uh, 
a blast from the past and I shared it with a buddy of mine and he's like, Oh my God, it just takes me right back in time. So, uh, please keep it up. I'm, I'm super excited. 97 X. You know, I murdered my first hitchhiker to that album. Rumblings from the big bush.